0: Are you living up to God's calling for your life as a neighbor? That's the subject today on Bold Steps with Mark Job. You may be the only
1: person that has the ability to show compassion and love and empathy. You may be the only voice of love that God has moving around in this city to protect someone from a destruction of the destiny that they have because God has chosen you to be a neighbor.
0: Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Today, Mark is challenging our perspective on what it means to be a good neighbor. Truth is, sometimes the people right around us can fall through the cracks of our hearts and minds, and in our pursuit of bigger missions and loftier visions, we can miss out on the divine opportunities God has placed right before us. To better illustrate this point, Mark is referencing one of the parables of Jesus known as the Good Samaritan. We're joining him today with our Bibles open to Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 30. So, without further ado, let's begin this final program of the year with a message titled, How to Be a Good Neighbor.
1: Maybe it's just God bringing someone into your life, and you may miss a divine appointment because you are so busy and focused on your task that you miss what God, your main mission, a person that's in need, someone that really needs you to speak into their life, pray over them, encourage them, give something to them, but we treat them and it, as interruptions like they're keeping us back from our main mission. Maybe, just maybe, God is interrupting your life with someone that seems like an interruption, but it's your main mission in life. The story that Jesus tells is a story about a road from Jericho to Jerusalem. Uh, The road from Jericho to Jerusalem was about 19 miles long, and it was known to be a treacherous road. People were assaulted there. They were hijacked there. This is not a road you wanted to walk at night alone. And so he tells the story of a man that's walking down this road, and in this parable, this man is assaulted. He's beaten. He's robbed and he's left on the side of the road half dead. Down the road comes a priest. And by the way, there was a lot of Levites and priests, a lot of sacred, holy ceremonies happening in Jerusalem, and there was a lot of traffic from Jericho to Jerusalem. And the Bible says that this priest happened to be going down the road. He sees the man half dead on the side of the road, and he does what a lot of us would do. He loves God. He's a priest, he's into the things of God, but when he sees the need, in his mind he said, it's not my job, I don't have time, I don't think I should stop, it's inconvenient, maybe it's a trap, I don't have the resources, I'm not a medic, and so he walks right on by. A few minutes later, or sometime later, there's another man, a Levite. A Levite is also a religious person of the tribe of the Levites that was chosen by God to fulfill the priestly duties. And the Bible says that this Levite basically has the same response. In verse 32, a Levite, when he came to the place, he saw him, he passed right on by. Now, Jesus is making a point with this parable. There's a reason that he chooses religious people People that know the word, that know God. He was talking to a lawyer that knew the word, but his heart was in the wrong place. He's speaking right to this man. You can have a lot of Bible knowledge. You can have a lot of understanding. You could be very religious, but maybe your religiosity does not translate into loving people. In fact, let me tell you what Jesus says, or what first John tells us in First John chapter four. Uh, The Apostle John says, if someone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother. Secondly, write this down. I'm talking about what it means to be a neighbor and not miss those divine moments that God is bringing to our lives. The second thing that we see in this parable is that being a neighbor means getting past my prejudice and my excuses. So in verse 33, Jesus introduces another character. He's told us about the man that was beaten. He's told us about the priest that walks by him. And the Levi that's too busy and also walks by. And now he introduces a character. Well, when he mentions the ethnicity of this character, the Jewish people that were listening to him immediately would have shivered a little bit and said, "Ugh." he says, but a Samaritan as he traveled came to where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. Now, what you have to understand about Samaritans, and you may have heard the word Samaritan, in John chapter 4, we remember we hear about the Samaritan woman that Jesus stopped and spoke to. In this passage, we have the parable about the Samaritan man. What you may not understand is that the Samaritans were despised by the Jewish people. They were considered half-breeds. They were considered people that their religious Uh, had, had mixed religious beliefs between the true religion and idolatry or false religion. So Jewish people that really followed God seriously had nothing to do with Samaritans. They didn't want to talk with them. They didn't want to be around them. They considered them traitors to the nation of Israel. They considered them to be half-breeds. Ethnically, they despised them. They had bigotry against them. And religiously, they were anti them as well. So when Jesus uses the the image of a Samaritan as being the good guy in this story, I'm sure the people around them were bristling. I want you to notice what he says. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. We don't know. Jesus doesn't indicate the man that was beaten up and robbed what ethnicity he was. I'm assuming that most of the people would think he was probably Jewish because most of the people in that area were Jewish. This is the despised man of a different race showing compassion for someone that typically would despise him. Can I just pause here a second and say that Jesus was teaching something very powerful and profound? And I believe that the Church of the Living God should be modeling this more than anybody else models it. It was Martin Luther... King Jr. that stated that sometimes Sunday morning is the most segregated hour during the week. Hello. You know what I love about this church that we're in right now? I love that you can look around and you see people of different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different sides of the tracks, different color of the skin, different ages, because the body of Jesus should look like that. It should look like people that come from a lot of different places a lot of different backgrounds, but that love each other in a profound way like their family, not because of the color of their skin, but because they are, they are part of the same family of God. And I love that. I, I believe that the church of the living God should be making the path in front of everybody else. We should be the bridge builders in this way. And Jesus is ex- explaining in this parable He's speaking to the deep prejudice that existed among the Jewish people. He's speaking to the deep bigotry that existed even amongst them. As he talks about it doesn't matter the ethnicity or the color of your skin. What matters is the compassion of your heart. And as Jesus continues to explain and speak about this. I'm sure that the people that were listening to his story were being convicted even more as he spoke about how this story unfolded. Number three, not only does it mean that you make room for interruptions, it means getting past your prejudice and excuses. Number three, being a neighbor means that you're allowing your heart to get involved. I want you to notice what it says. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. You know, one of the great challenges of living in a big city like ours where there's so much hurting people around us and there's violence and there's poverty and there's homeless, it's easy to get calloused. In fact, it's easy to start looking at people around us and throwing them into stereotypes. He deserves that. He takes advantage of people. He's probably a drug addict. We, we throw people in boxes of stereotypes. It helps us cope with the pain that's around us. It allows us to move on in a city and not get dragged into the needs that are around us. The moment that we allow our heart to be softened with compassion and empathy, then that empathy and compassion actually drives us to want to do something about it. And I, I just want to challenge you, Church of the Living God, I know, that, I know that you can't help every person that you see, and we can't be involved in every cause that's out there, and every cause is not your calling. But I do know this, that as people that follow Jesus, we cannot afford to let our hearts grow calloused. We cannot afford to let our hearts grow so cynical calloused and hard, that we can walk past the hurting and act like they're not hurting. We cannot allow our hearts to get so hard so that if someone is on the metro and we're going downtown and we see someone weeping and crying, that we just say, well, that's their problem. I believe that the church of the living God needs to be filled with compassion and mercy so we view other people as human beings, not as stereotypes. We don't package and throw them into boxes But we understand that they are people that God loves, and that God has placed us there at that moment, at that time, in that instant, to show some mercy and compassion and empathy and hope for their lives.
0: You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job, and we are halfway through the final program of the year. But wait a minute. It's not the final program of the year because we have Bold Steps Weekend coming up, Mark.
1: That's right. This is the final program of our regular Bold Steps. Weekday program. But this weekend, we have a message as well. And some of you have been just letting us know how much you appreciate the weekend messages. This weekend's message is very important, I think, for this time of the year, especially It's entitled, Hearing God, Beginning to Listen, out of 1 Samuel chapter 3, when Samuel, for the first time, started to discover what the voice of God was like.
0: All right, well, you may have some extra time this weekend, so why don't you spend it listening to Bold Steps Weekend on many of these same radio stations, or you can listen online at boldstepsweekend.org. And for even more Bold Steps content, check out the newest addition to our teaching resources, a short 60-second feature called the Bold Step Minute. You can listen and learn more by going to boldstepsminute.org or subscribe to both on your favorite podcast apps. You can easily listen right on your phone. All right, let's get to the conclusion of today's Bold Steps message. is titled, How to Be a Good Neighbor. Here again is Mark. The
1: Samaritan, it says, and he took pity on him. One of the ways that we guard our hearts from showing pity is oftentimes we put people in boxes. When we watch the news, it's easy for us to put someone in a box and say, oh, another gang-affiliated kid was shot and killed. And our stereotype is, well, he probably deserved it because he's probably some violent kid. But I just want to debunk that a moment and say, no, next time you hear of a 16-year-old kid shot, I want you to remember, first of all, that he's a son. He's 16. He's got a name, a destiny, a family, and he got caught up into a, a, a bad system and, and maybe did wrong things, but I never want you to forget the humanity of that face. I never want you to forget that that is a person, not a stat, that that is an individual, not just a news item, that he's not lumped into all those gang-affiliated gang members. He's an, a person with a heart, a soul, a destiny, a mother that gave birth to him a God that cares about him and has a purpose and a plan for their life. So never, never put people in boxes like that. The Bible says that this Samaritan had pity. He let his heart. He didn't look at that person and say, well, he must be another troubled person. Maybe he was a robber himself. Maybe he's a drunk that got in trouble. No, he allowed himself to have compassion and pity for that person that was on the side of the road. He allowed his heart to get involved. And number four, lastly, write this down. Being a neighbor means that I reach out knowing that it will cost me something. Verse 34, this Samaritan man, it appears that he was maybe a businessman. He was riding a donkey on that road. And it says, he went to him. He went to the person that had been beaten up and assaulted. And it says, he bandaged his wounds. He poured oil and wine, which were the antiseptics of the day. Then he put the man on his own donkey. He brought him to an inn. He took care of him. The next day, he took two denarii, and he gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses. I want you to notice that it took time, it took emotional energy, it took some personal risk because maybe he would have been at risk, and it took money on his part to deal with the need and the hurt that was in front of him. And oftentimes I believe that we maybe resist or walk away from getting involved because we know it'll take time, energy, effort, money It'll be difficult. It'll require something from us to do so. And I believe that's exactly what Jesus is calling us to. I believe that we are the body of Christ. And again, I don't want to put a guilt trip on anybody and make it sound like every person's problem out there is your problem. But I do believe that God brings people into your circle and interrupts your life because you may be the only person that has the ability to show compassion and love and empathy You may be the only person keeping someone from, well, you may be the person between them and the noose that they're ready to hang themselves with or that bottle of pills that they're really willing to down. You may be the word of God. It may take just a moment of your time to speak into their life in compassion or put your hand on your shoulder and say, are you okay? You may be the only person That at that moment in time, God has said, I'm going to put this person, my follower, a Jesus follower, into their life to reroute the course of their life because I know that they will be an example of me. You may be the only voice of love and empathy that God has moving around in this city to protect someone from a destruction of the destiny that they have because God has chosen you to be a neighbor. I heard of a man that his car broke down on the expressway, and he was waiting on the expressway just for someone to, he was waiting for a mechanic. He called the mechanic up, and so another guy stopped beside the road, and uh, the car that broke down happened to be a BMW, and the man stopped and said, hey, do you need help? He said, no, no, I've called the mechanic. He said, are you sure? He said, I fixed these cars. No, 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 I have a mechanic coming. He says, listen, uh, There's no obligation on, your, on, on my part. If I'll, let me take a look at it, and if I can fix it, I'll fix it. No obligation on your part. And so sure enough, he said, okay, take a look at it. He opened up the hood. It was just a wire that was loose. He fixed the wire, put the hood down, um, gave him his card, said, if you ever need anything, just call me, and took off. About a week later, mysteriously, this mechanic's house and mortgage was paid in full. What he didn't know, that the guy that he stopped to fix his car happened to be Bill Gates. You never know who you're helping. And you say, wow, I'd love to do that. I'm going to keep my eyes open. Let let, Let me tell you, the moral of this story is not to try to find people that can recompense you. The moral of this story is this. Come on now. The moral of this story is that there is someone that always sees that can recompense you much more than a Bill Gates can. And that is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that sees every single deed that is done. After telling this story, then Jesus looks at this lawyer and he says, which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber. The expert in the law said, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus said, go and do likewise. The moral of this story is not that you can earn eternal life by doing a lot of good works. Jesus taught squarely against that. In fact, what Jesus taught is that you could do good as much as you could all of your life, and it would never be enough to pay the price for your sin and my sin. The lawyer originally asked, what can I do to uh, earn eternal life? The first part of that question is love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And listen, if you love the Lord your God and you believe in what the Bible has to say, then you will love his son Jesus, and it will draw you to the cross of Jesus to say, God, there is no way that I can pay for my sins. I need a Savior. His name is Jesus. The point of the story is, though, that if you truly love God, and you're a follower of his, then you cannot shut the compassion, mercy, and empathy of your heart off. You cannot say that you love God and not be involved in loving the people around you. Church, I believe that we are an extraordinary, powerful force if we, if we love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, but we allow that to be translated into loving the people around us. There's something compelling. There are more people today that are turned off by Christianity and turned off by God because they've been to churches that had right doctrine but had very little empathy and heart and love for people. And so they've left saying, yeah, I, they had the Bible, but there was very little care, love, or concern there. May we be a church that loves God with all our heart, mind, soul, and body, that follows the Word of God to its core, but shows empathy, love, and compassion to people that are hurting and broken in this world. Amen. What a great prayer that is for us to pray as we close out this year and go into a new year, that we would love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, but others as ourselves. You know, this is the final program of this year 2022 some of you are saying good riddance <laughs> no nobody's saying that 22 <laughs> they're ready to move into the next year but you know i would love just to pray a quick prayer of blessing over you if you're listening to my voice right now Uh, you're about to go into some holiday celebrations new year celebration and this is the final time that i get to bless you and i'd like to just pray over you father i thank you for the listeners that are hearing my voice right now i pray blessing upon their life i pray that as they go into the new year they would sense your presence i pray that their hearts would be full of faith I pray that you would re-energize them to live on mission for you. I pray that they would experience your profound, healing, overwhelming love. I pray that they would be grounded in truth. I pray that the lies of the enemy would not be their predominant thought, but the truth that comes from you would be their predominant thinking. I pray blessing, protection, and your goodness upon their lives as they go into this new year in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. What a great challenge, Mark. Thank you very much. Now, one last time in 2022, let's encourage our listeners to consider becoming a bold partner with us.
1: Yeah, and if you don't know what a bold partner is, it's that group of people that's decided to give and support uh, bold steps on a monthly basis. And um, this involves financial giving, but we're really, really wanting people to pray for us as well in the ministry that happens here. And so you have... A uh, final opportunity in this year. This is a great time to say, you know, what? I've been thinking about it for a while. This is a great time to either get online or go to the phone number and say, I want to become a bold partner. Or if you'd like to give a year in gift, we would be very, very grateful for a year in gift to, just to help us close out this year and prepare for the next one.
0: Indeed. You go to the website, boldstepsradio.org, to become that bold partner or call 844 615 7363. Well, Mark, you know what? That's it for 2022 for us. Come on,
1: let's say it. Happy Happy New Year! Year.
0: God bless you. Thank you for listening. huh? I'm Wayne Shepherd. On behalf of the entire Bold Steps team, we wish you a very warm and happy holiday weekend. Monday, Mark will bring a message to help us get ready for what God has for us in the new year. That's Monday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.